welcome to Books in the Freezer, a podcast dedicated to the deliciously disturbing world of horror fiction. I'm your host, Stephanie, and today I am joined by Agatha, host of the wonderful She Wore Black podcast, and we are talking creepy dolls. So welcome to the show, Agatha. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I have really, really been looking forward to this. I know that people say that, but I really, really have. (laughs) Creepy dolls are... are particularly fun for me. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this too. This is a topic I've been wanting to do for a long time. And I know we've talked about doing a crossover. Before. Yeah, I was also excited to be on your show. From the first time I ever heard it, I've had my final girl song picked. Okay. So this is telling you how excited I was. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I'm like, <sighs> You are all set. Well, and your podcast does a lot of um, like gothic and gothic romance. And I feel like Creepy Dolls kind of is a little bit in that territory at times because it it does tend to be a little more like psychological. It is very much in my wheelhouse. I grew up, I was an only child and I was Gen X, so I was left alone a lot. And my mom like would dolls were just a thing that she made sure I had, or she would also try to use them as a way for me to find my Latina identity. There was nothing, there was nothing in the seventies and eighties. Um, but like if she found a brunette, it was a really big deal. So, (laughs) but I also had like Charlie's angels ones or, Mm. um, yeah. Or, uh, there was, I had a Dolly Parton Barbie and I'm sure I still have it somewhere. (laughs) That's probably a collectible by now. And a Farrah Fawcett. And Farrah Fawcett's from my hometown, so that was a big deal. Um, So I have that one still. Did she Um, have the hair? Of course she had the feathered hair. (laughs) And uh, yeah, no, I had so that. And then we also had like international dolls. That was like the closest thing she could do to finding me anything that culturally looked like me in any way. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I just had all these creepy dolls and there's these memes out there about creepy dolls and I actually have some of them (laughs) from my childhood or I did when I was a kid so I'm like oh I know that doll I know the music it makes (laughs) it's delightfully creepy I had a lot of Barbies I was a big Barbie kid and I never got creeped out by them like I don't know I think they're just too commercial right to really be that creepy but baby doll ones um Depend- That's where it starts to get. Yeah, depending on because the one of the ones that I'm thinking about in particular that I see on creepy doll memes quite a bit is like porcelain dolls that mm-hmm. have the music box inside. I so have those, and um, and they would lay on my bed <laughs> when my bed was made, and and they would always play because I've always been the sort of dark macabre kid. They would play these songs in the music box that were in minor scales, and for anybody who knows music like those are the creepy songs <laughs> so, I don't know what my mom was thinking when she hooked me up with those but it went a long way to establishing my interest in creepy dolls I know my mom gave me a porcelain doll or two and I would just hide them in the back of my closet because I didn't want them looking at me like I've just always felt really uneasy around those are the dolls. ones those and are the would, ones that come to life. Like, well, where where are they? And I'm like, let me just move my books. Uh, they're behind there <laughs> in the back corner. They would have some obstacles to get through to get to me. You know, like I yeah, would that, ma- that makes sense. That makes sense. My mom gave me one that was three foot tall and it was this, and it was from an antique shop. So I'm sure it had a soul. 
but it was this doll that was three foot tall that had a wig that would occasionally fall off her head so she'd have like those little holes with like strands in there like when the wig fell off and I don't know why I don't know what I was thinking aside from the fact that I'll scare mom one day. And so I, and like at night when she was asleep, I got up and put that doll at the bottom of the stairs. So, Nightmare <laughs> when child. She woke up, yeah. And she <laughs> screamed. And of course I got in so much trouble. <laughs> oh, you admitted to it. You didn't play along. Like, I don't know how she got there. That's, that's wild. <laughs> Because I was, I was laughing. Mom. I had no poker face back then. <laughs> I could not play the tables and win back then. <laughs> oh my gosh. Nope. I'd give myself away. What is so creepy about dolls? They're human. They're human-like. Humanoid. Human. Like when, even when you think of like the shape of aliens or any, anything that has like a humanoid resemblance to it is. And also I feel like they don't have autonomy but they do if they're possessed and so Mm -hmm. what's going to possess something you know Mm -hmm. and certain not something that's doing it for kicks right (laughs) it's going to be a ghost with something (laughs) something to say a demon or something or a serial killer that you know uses voodoo magic to get into a doll and then needs to find another vessel but I think they're just, yeah, they they are such reflections of us. And, you know, I think even going back when, like, child and infant mortality was a big deal um, and happening with more frequency, I think there was probably a lot going on with that uh, idea of a, a lost child, mm-hmm. you know. So it's, you know, ghost stories with that started way back when yeah but yeah the humanoid thing I mean I think the uncanny valley is definitely like what people think of when they think about what's creepy about dolls and why we just have such a reaction to it I think we're seeing it more especially with like the have you seen the weird like AI I'm not excited <laughs> things but it is it's these like um, I was reading a study about it and it said it's just the uneven expression where it's like the mouth is in a smile, but the eyes are not in a smile. And our brains just like are like something is not right. Like it looks human. It sounds human, but it's not. Yeah. And no, that I makes sense. I should be wary. And it's funny you say that because like baby dolls and stuff, I know that they, they creep a lot of people out like, um, you know, especially little dolls that can talk, but those never freaked me out. It was dummies that did because again, I think it goes back to kind of what you're saying. Like there's partial expression, but there's still wooden, you know, and Pinocchio is creepy as a story as a fairy tale growing up. So, and that goes back to autonomy, you know, and we were all sort of struggling for autonomy and sometimes people get angry when they don't have that autonomy and that that happens with ghosts. So yeah, no, that makes sense where, now I'm going to go back and look at images of, 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 of doll. you know, the clown dolls. Those are the worst. Poltergeist. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm starting to go back and think of these facial expressions. Thank you very much, Rachel. I was probably fine. Did I just call you Rachel? I did. <laughs> That's how much I associate you and Rachel Harrison. <laughs> That's funny. I'll um, take it. That's a compliment, right? Yeah, I'm like, That's a compliment. I'll <laughs> take it. <laughs> 
No, but yeah, no, that has me thinking now. Like you just, what you did was sent a reel in my head of uh, a bunch of freaky dolls. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking, well, I got a book off my shelf that I have um, all about cursed objects by J.W. Oker that I read last year. And I remember he had like a chapter on Annabelle because she's a real doll. Like the, she's in the Warren's Museum or whatever. I think I've seen people visit it like on tour now, but it's very different to what it looks like in the, in the movie, the real life Annabelle doll was a raggedy and doll like a oh yeah i did, didn't realize that mm-hmm. and it was possessed i guess creepy there was also what is the other famous doll jeffrey the doll and that one's like also in a museum behind glass and like um people hear like footsteps and children's giggling Ew. around it and i'm <laughs> like no no thank you and what museum is that <laughs> Just to never so go there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Where do I steer clear from? <laughs> You'll put that in show notes, right? Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll put that in the show notes. It's in uh, J.W. Oker's book. Like he has a whole, okay. a whole book, and it's like it's two of the two of the entries are about Annabelle, Annabelle the doll, and Jeffrey the doll. And Jeffrey the doll is like forty inches long and in like a rocking chair, and it has like black eyes. Good times. Good like time. a little sailor suit. Do you know the stories of like the animatronic dolls that were like the German dolls Mm-mm. that um, they, well, they were animatronic and moved very much like um, there were these drums inside that would, they're sort of like what you use in a music box, but they would control the movement of the dolls. Um, and this is a very Victorian era kind of thing, I believe, um, at least 19th century anyway. But yeah, those people still go, like they still make them in Germany and people still go to visit these freakishly lifelike movements that these dolls make. Um, and and as much as I'm like, well, that's adorable craftsmanship. That's astounding. I also <laughs> want to stay far away. <laughs> you know, again, I'm not worried about Barbies or, or most little baby dolls, but certain things that are so human. And, and when they come so close to, to like finger, individual finger movements and things, it's just banana pants. Yeah. Like the more lifelike things get or like, mm. I've talked about this on the podcast before, but when I stayed over at my grandma's house, I always got like the middle room and that was where she kept all her dolls. She just had a room with like floating shelves full of dolls, like a glass cabinet full of dolls. But the ones that freaked me out the most were those like timeout dolls. Oh, oh, I, oh, <laughs> right. Yes, I know what you mean. I haven't thought about that because I was too old for timeout. Like Gen X did not get timeout. <laughs> so, um, but I remember when those came out, my little cousins would have those. Those are unpleasant. <laughs> yeah, I know like people sell them at craft fairs and she had a neighbor who made them. So one time I went to her house to get something for her and she just had doll parts everywhere. And I was like, no, <laughs> I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. Oh my gosh. But yeah, so for people who don't know, they're these like three foot dolls. They don't have faces. They just have hair and they just face the wall with like their hands up like they're in timeout. And I would not sleep a wink at my grandma's house I kept the light on in the room all night and I would just stare at the dolls because I was certain that like the minute I closed my eyes they were gonna lift their head up and look at me well yeah they did (laughs) I have no doubt they did (laughs) 
Yeah, I would get up like so many times and just like look at them and look at their face and be like, don't you move. <laughs> I see. Um, so yeah, we bought this house in 2020. This is a wild story. We bought this house in 2020 and we are on a green belt. There's the woods behind us. Mm-hmm. And we went into the woods <laughs> and directly behind our house, like there's our fence. And then directly behind it, there was the super creepy doll that had like no hair left on it. It was mostly covered in like, I don't know if it was smoke or some sort of black smudge on its face. Um, but it it looked like it had seen some things, you know? Yeah. And then like not far from that, there was a kid's shoe. And then <laughs> there was this like a couple feet further down, there was this uh, black garbage bag something very large in it and I was like tell my husband like don't don't make me look at that (laughs) please make sure that's not a body (laughs) did he look at it it's still there (laughs) it's still there I mean he assures me that he has looked at it or or felt what it was and he says it's garbage but I'm like well then why is why is it still there (laughs) he's cleaned up everything else that was back there doll included but we won't touch that bag (laughs) yeah oh my gosh well i also asked in the patreon boxer group i just mentioned that i was recording this doll story and someone was like oh my grandma has a doll and like sometimes it cries and you know it's not underwater or anything but it's just like really creepy she had like a few creepy stories and i'm like whatever's in your house or your grandma's house you need to get that looked at Mm. no thank you no, thank you. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna think about your timeout dolls for quite some time, <laughs> but that doesn't help either. <laughs> that story doesn't help either. I guess my last big one that I saw that was aside from the creepy doll behind the house, because really the doll creeped me out more than the bag. I'm not gonna lie, because I was like, what if that child's inhabiting the doll? <laughs> you know? uh. Whoever this these shoes belong to, um, whatever's in that bag, but um. No, I'm joking as far as like the, the bag is still there, but he has assured me that it's like garbage. Um, but anyway, the I used to work at an art center and we would have these um, displays when like every May, because every community has these, I think they do, where it's sort of like a, what is it? Like a, not a pageant, but like a, I guess a coming out party. Um, but it's like all the fancy people in town, their daughters are coming of age and they wear these obnoxious, very expensive gowns and they're themed. So it might be like ladies of the sea one year or like mythology or something. And the dresses will all have these mythological or like symbolic things in them anyway. Well, they gotta, they gotta be on something, right? So we have these mannequins at the art center (laughs) that when they're in storage, they're wrapped up in cellophane. And so when we're getting the exhibit ready, the mannequins are all laying down in their cellophane all over the floor, like where they're going to be placed. (laughs) It just makes for very interesting photography subject matter when you have a floor, like a whole gallery full of cellophane wrapped mannequins that are like sort of staring at you. Oh, they have faces too. They're not like the headless. No, they have faces. store ones. Ooh, they have faces. (laughs) Yeah. So um, 
on a previous episode for body horror, Preston Fassell was on and he talked about, I almost read this, but I went another direction last minute, but he talked about pin by Andrew Niederman. And that's like, that's like a mannequin centric horror story. So it's like, that was my, one of my almost picks. But he talks about it in that episode. So that reminded me of that. I think it's a movie, too. It was adapted. He's an incredibly nice fellow, Preston. Yeah. I met him at Ghoulish Festival. Um, and he's really sweet. So I, Very I'm funny. just curious. It was a yeah, funny Yeah, yeah. I'm curious now about this book. Because <laughs> I think mannequins are these kind of interesting not sub branch of dolls because I guess they are but they have a different purpose than a doll does um in a way um because they're sort of made to sell something too but you know people when you hear guys talk about like making fun of certain subgenres of romance and when they make fun of like monster romance and they're like a gargoyle like what are you gonna do with this gargoyle and I'm like y'all had that movie mannequin y'all just need to take several seats (laughs) yeah You are not exempt from this. Exactly. I was like, everybody participates. <laughs> Monster romance, like, goes back hundreds of years. A little bit. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I was like, you had Andrew McCarthy running around with this mannequin that would come to life just for him. Like, spare me your feelings about a gargoyle. You know? <laughs> I wanted to talk about, too, how creepy dolls have been represented in pop culture. I guess that's one place. Mannequin. Yeah, Mannequin. <laughs> mannequin is one pinned by Andrew Niederman. It was creepy to me. That. It wasn't meant to be creepy. But I think probably the, the big franchise that people think of when they think of horror and dolls is probably Child's Play, which then just kind of turned into like the Chucky movies. Like, I think they stopped with the child's play after three and they're like, no, it's Chucky. Like, Bride of Chucky, Cult of Chucky. Like, it's just Chucky. Well, when you're an icon. <laughs> yeah, the icon. And I watched them actually within the last couple of years because I was scared because my cousins would always just like mess with me and tell me like awful things about Chucky. Like, the thought and sight of Chucky freaked me the heck out. So it was very recently that I finally got around to actually watching these movies and they're great and they're funny. And they are not the nightmare fuel that I had built up. I thought you grew up with those. I was scared. Like specifically, like I'm telling you, dolls, dolls are something I did not mess with. I was like, no, thank you. No doll thing. Oh, okay. So you are coming at the Chucky movies from an adult point of view. So fill me in. Fill me, fill me in on the adult point of view, like first time ever, because I've never seen them. Yeah. So this, uh. What happens? It opens up with a police shootout and a serial killer. This is what I was alluding to earlier. Uh, Charles Lee Ray is hiding out in a toy store and he's bleeding out and dying. And he basically does a voodoo spell that saves him by putting his soul and consciousness into one of the dolls. And then you are following this like single mom who works at a department store and she's like really trying to get Christmas presents for her son. And, um, this is like the it toy of the year. And she's able to get one that fell off a truck, like in a back alley deal. And of course it is the possessed <laughs> one. <laughs> oh my God. And then of oh course, like God. bad things start happening and like, they're blaming this kid and he's like, no, the doll came to life and did it. And they're like, sure, kid, we're going to need to <laughs> look into this a little more. Oh boy. And the, the doll, doesn't 
realizes he doesn't want to be a doll forever. So then he has to get the kid to do a ritual to get himself into the kid's body. So he comes after him in the sequel. Oh, so does he possess the kid? Well, later on, he decides that he doesn't want to, and he actually is fine being a doll. As you do. Yeah. Well, they had to, they had to continue the movies. He couldn't just like... Yeah, right? But what I thought was interesting is the 2019, when it was rebooted and also done Child's Play, you know, it's like a similar story, like Aubrey Plaza's The Single Mom, This is the It Toy, but it's like an AI doll. And the doll is actually like well-meaning and is trying to learn how to be like friends with this kid. But the kid is complaining about his like stepdad. So he kills the stepdad because he's like, you're my best friend. I would do anything for you. Oh, my gosh. That's or a the twist. Mom, or the mom's boyfriend. Yeah. So it's kind of sad because he sees them like um, he like, you know, sees and learns. And because uh, he was a not defective, but a disgruntled worker yeah. at the factory, like turned off safety features. So this is like a no limits doll. And he sees them laughing during a horror movie. He's like, oh, is that what makes them happy? <gasps> oh, me no likey. <laughs> but I thought it was very interesting because then I saw the trailer for that new movie, Megan, about the AI doll and like the the sad girl. And it's kind of similar where it's like, I'm your friend. Like, I will attack these people because I like you. Like, we are friends so i'm like that's an interesting angle that i don't think horror fiction is also the books i read i don't think too many of them are actual evil doll stories okay i but i think what you were saying the twist like the newer versions i think that's scarier yeah because that's not really yeah. silly no that's intense you know with like uh that's more thoughtful shit <laughs> <laughs> Oh my, <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> my sister-in-law really likes the Chucky movies, um, but she's she's younger than me. She's millennial like you. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just funny because sometimes I wondered or thought about it like, is it a generational thing? Even though I know people go back and watch these things, because I, it came out, so in 1988, mm -hmm. I was you know, I had discovered, well, I, I saw Lost Boys in the theater. I was still on my Stand By Me kick. Um, you know, I had, I had an entirely different, d like a type of thing I was interested in. It was still horror, but it was, like I said, it was like, um, it was those things. It was, it was Lost Boys and stuff. And I was also really into music and like, wanting to be in Greenpeace and read Rolling Stone and whatever else I was doing at that point in the 80s. Like I was not, I I just kind of saw the, the I, for one, I didn't like slashers. Um, but I also saw the trailers for it when I was that age, like when those were coming out, kind of just thinking, oh, that's just silly, like whatever. And I was kind of past the point of like, we watch these things at slumber parties because mm -hmm. at slumber parties, that's where you watch like basket case and all these terrible, like B movie <laughs> slashers. Um, but, uh, you know, by then we were watching like, top gun or things like willow for hotties like you know because <laughs> we're like oh val kilmer let's let's watch that again you know <laughs> that kind of thing we were in a different place you know um by that point and then i and then once you miss it sometimes you just miss it and it just it, it's never on your radar again yeah you know but my sister-in-law liked it and what was the reason why that came back on on the radar with her um was that my niece 
like loves her Chucky, my my sister-in-law's Chucky doll. And had, like since she was a tiny toddler would walk around with it. And that was like her little doll companion. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's adorable. Yeah. And creepy. Yeah, a little mm. little creepy. I remember they used to sell them at Spencer's and it would literally give me the creeps. Like I'd be like, no, thank you. Not even going. You have near. limits, right? Yeah. I mean, that was when I was like, that was before I had watched it, before I had really faced my fears back when I was still like, no, thank you. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, we had um, <clears throat> we had an interest also in claymation, and that's a different kind of doll thing. But the whole Muppet, all of that coming to life, like those, that was a whole other thing I was fascinated with, you know, um, and like the Skeksis and Dark Crystal used to freak me out. Um, but the thing that speaking of like children with toys is like a nightmare before Christmas. So we'd get those little action figures and mm-hmm. like some of my friend's kids would use those instead of Barbies. Like they mm-hmm. would treat them like Barbies yeah, and play with them like Barbies, but they were, it was Jack and Sally. So, <laughs> Cause it's our, you know, it's who we are. Yeah. That's cute. Creepy. Yeah. Let's see. I watched a few of the Annabelle movies for this and I, I do have to say, I think the only one really worth watching is Annabelle creation. Um, they do retcon what happened like the origin story they give in the first one they're like never mind scratch that this is like the actual origin story and it's none neither one is the actual origin story for the real one oh but animal creation i would say is the best one out of them in okay my what number is that i think it was the third one that was made but it's the prequel to like and it's the best one i think it's the best one okay the conjuring uh- universe in general is very hit or miss for me like i am not that into it yeah, you're gonna you're gonna think I'm silly, and I am. I'm indefinitely silly. Um, but I didn't watch those because I was mad because I thought that was a different Annabelle, and I I got a chip on my shoulder about it. Going, well, it's not the right Annabelle for me. <laughs> Did you want the I Raggedy thought, Ann one? No, what I thought was I don't know if you know who Serena Valentino is. Um, right now in publishing, she's most famous for the Disney villain middle grade novels that you see. So it'll, you know, you've seen, I know you've seen those. There's like, you know, 10 of them. Um, But back in the day, like long, like, I don't know, 20 years ago, I was reading her comics. Um, She had gloom cookie. And then she also had, they're very like gothy and feminine and cute Mm -hmm. and um, spooky and all of those things. But um, she had gloom cookie. And then she had one called Nightmares and Fairy Tales with the spooky Annabelle doll in there, which I'm sure is inspired by the one you're talking about. But um, I was mad because I thought it was I thought it was going to be a Serena Valentino story and you're it like, wasn't. Excuse so me, I'm like, what is this? you don't get my time. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um And then I also saw a movie I had been wanting to see for a while, but I couldn't find it on streaming and it was finally on streaming and it was Dead Silence. And I think you would love it because it is about like a ventriloquist dummy. It was very, it's very 2000s horror and it's, um, I think it's James Wan. So the same guy that did Saw and I think later went on to do the Conjuring movies, but I don't know. It was a very fun, like 2000s horror movie. And then I thought it had... (laughs) a great twist that I didn't see coming. I was like, okay. Dead Silence. Is that the one? Okay. I will be on the lookout for that. 
I did watch when you suggested because you gave me a list of suggestions, The Boys. And I watched it for the first time too. So what did we both think? Because <laughs> this was the first well, time watch for both of us. Okay, I picked that one because that was the closest to gothic yes. I saw on the list. Definitely. So I was like, oh, this this has my aesthetic. You know, and people will make fun of me for this. I would have much preferred it not be an American nanny that came to a British manor in the middle of nowhere. I would have loved for it to be like all British. You know what I mean? I don't know. I think there's just, they know how to be creepier than we do <laughs> sometimes in the gothic sense as far as, um, although, although I will say <clears throat> the, in, like the horrible douchebag in the, in the movie is really at his most horrible because he's an American dude douchebag. <laughs> so then I was like, well, is that a commentary on who we are? Because <laughs> it would be accurate, I guess, you know, on a certain type of person. Um, but Navi and I enjoyed the creepy gothic country estate in the middle of nowhere. It was it was pretty, that doll freaked me out, though. <laughs> what did you think? Um, I Well, did you see that twist coming? I, you know what? I don't remember if I did or not, because I think I did like right in the moment. Like, oh, this is going to be this. But I didn't think about it before. I kept thinking the guy who delivered the groceries was really him. Mm. Uh, I mean, I was like unsettled the minute where they're like, you have to do all these things. You have to. He likes his stories. You have to do that. You have to get this all set up for him. He likes to eat this. And then, oh, when she's finally alone with him and you see her like making herself sandwiches and getting like her wine bottle and going to read. And then she comes back and the dolls moved. I was like, yeah. Uh -uh. <laughs> did you see the the twist coming um i think when she's trying to prove it to the to the guy with the groceries i'm like oh no there's there's something else going on here the um the i like what you said about the list of the list of weird things that she ultimately is like okay i'm gonna do these things you know um and kind of what like you were saying with the ai the idea of in a way where she kind of like turns to it for protection was kind of interesting. Oh yeah. Um, in the same way of what you were saying with the AI stuff. Creepy. I don't know. Yeah. I know. It was like, what, what route is she going to take? Is she going to be at the end, like feeding it going here, Brahms, you know, <laughs> like you get the creepy music or whatever. <laughs> but, um, but that was, that was fun. And I was crocheting while I was doing it. And then, you know, so that I wouldn't have nightmares. We watched the Bake Off finale. You know? <laughs> so I'm good. You got a sandwich in. Like happy. Yeah, right. I'm happy sorry. I keep coughing. <clears throat> You're good. Um, I apologize. I mean, I also remember watching the Living Doll episode of The Twilight Zone mm. with Talking Tina. Mm, my goodness. Do you remember she that one? She will haunt us for the rest of our lives. <laughs> Yeah, well, just like the dad trying to throw away and she's like, I'm talking Tina and I'm going to kill you. Yeah, no, I remember that one. And it's funny because that is one of like the few that one and maybe the hitchhiker and a couple of of those, you know, will stay with us uh -huh. um, in, in that that kind of way. Yeah. Did you. Because I was also thinking about 
is there any kind of movie or documentary that deals with like famous doll situations aside from Annabelle that you know of like the island of the dolls in Mexico no but I was so close to going there I was on the boat we were on the route but we were there and I was with my husband and my sister and brother-in-law and I asked them I'm like well we're here like can we go to the island of the dolls and they're like it adds like two hours round trip like to go there and back and we had like a busy day planned. And so I was so close. But when you're on that route, they have like doll heads like put on tree trunks like all through there, even though you're not like at the island. They have like all the doll parts. Oh, good. Doll parts. There we go. (laughs) Like it's still creepy. Even if I didn't quite get there, I still saw it. Well, you saw doll parts. Yeah. Almost worse. Oh gosh. Um, yeah, no, I'd be interested in, in something about that. Um, and I'm surprised there isn't something already to be honest. Yeah. Um, there is a book. I almost read it too. And it was like, there, it's like a series based in different creepy places. And there was a, an Island of the dolls book. I didn't get to it. So that was another option I was looking at <laughs> for, it, for this episode. I want to know what it is. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, my people certainly do weird things with dolls. I mean, we, we beat them to death and so we can get candy out of them, you know, <laughs> with a piñata. Yeah. <laughs> like... That means you have to write an evil piñata story. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> Don't put that in. No. <laughs> You're like, I'm taking that. It's mine. Mine. It's in my back pocket. No, I don't know. It, or a whole anthology of them would be funny. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Fangoria, the world's best horror and cult film magazine since 1979. Listeners can use code Books in the Freezer to get 20% off their order. That includes, of course, merchandise and first time subscriptions and single issues of the magazine. Not only are there tons of articles and interviews about upcoming horror movies, there's a regular segment by Stephen Graham Jones all about slashers called Slasher Nation. So you're going to want a copy. So again, that is code Books in the Freezer. And thank you, Fangoria, for supporting the show. All right. Well, are we ready to talk about some books? I think we're ready to talk about some books. All right. Well, the first book I read for this was an anthology called The Doll Collection. It was edited by Ellen Datlow. Um, This was a few years old, but I was reading the introduction and she said that in her call out for short stories, she specifically said like no killer evil doll stories. So all of these are kind of work. I know that was my thought, too. I was like, okay, no, like and she said, you know, they're just not creative, like they're not whatever. Like, I want to see what you can do outside of that. And it did make for some interesting entries into it. So I, I did enjoy okay. it, though. I, I would have liked a killer doll or two. Can I say that, Ellen Dotlow? Like, I would give me give me a killer doll story or two. I would have enjoyed mm. that. Well, um, what did you what are what are the standouts in there for you? Um, I mean, I know she's been lately, but uh, Joyce Carol Oates's big story, The Doll Master. And I mean, that's like, one that she's known for, like she has a short story collection that is like the doll master and other stories. That is like one of her mm-hmm. most well-known stories, but that was a good one. A lot of like good psychological horror. And then Sean McGuire, I swear like every anthology she's in, like her story is, I'm always like awesome. Like what, 
every single anthology, her story is a standout. Um, and I think hers in this one was called, I wrote it down, There Is No Sorrow in the Kingdom of Cold, which was really good. Um, about like a, a doll maker's daughter who's like trying to get out of an abusive relationship. Um, but she's like all she's like also a doll maker in her spare time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was one called In Case of Zebras. Um, where someone is working in an emergency room and they see a strange like pocket-sized doll fall out of someone's pocket and they just become very intrigued and like obsessed by it and discover what it is well that's a creative workaround yeah you know no no killer dolls (laughs) i was still like waiting though i'm like maybe maybe this one will be (laughs) there's gotta be one in here under the radar under the radar Uh, but that was really enjoyable and I, I like that I do love like an ultra specific anthology theme I mean it also yeah. just works well with the show <laughs> when you can find one that is like anyway here's an anthology all about this topic and I'm like perfect I'll take one that was really good that was the doll collection by Ellen Datlow and because it was an anthology I'm not giving a temperature rating because they're all all over the place all over the they place. tended to be more room temperature though I would say the doll master i think was a a freezer one though that was a good one. Oh, okay well when they're not murdering people i guess you're safe right the first one i'll talk about i actually i i meant to talk about it but in my brain i was confusing it for a different book so i i'll kind of talk to you about both of them i guess yeah. um but i didn't read the second book because i ran out of time but it i mean it's been on my tbr list and i've had it i thought about it, doing it, that one too yeah, yeah. So the first one is The Miniaturist by Jesse Burton. Um, and this is not horror, but it's like a creepy historical fiction. Mm-hmm. So think like Girl with the Pearl Earring meets Rebecca, you know, where you have it's the same time period as Girl with the Pearl Earring, same setting and everything. But, um, you know, a, a girl marries into a family. She And I say girl because she is still fairly young, like 18. Um, marries into a family and walks into the situation and it's very creepy and dark and you kind of have the sister of the new husband is a very Mrs. Danvers kind of figure. The husband is a little older. He's in his 30s when you're in 18. That's an older husband, you know. Um, and he's he's sweet, but there's definitely something you're not quite sure what's going on with him. Mm-hmm. And he gives her a dollhouse and and it's supposed to replicate the house they have the house they live in and he's like here amuse yourself because i'm busy um (laughs) so she's like i'm a little old for this but then just like screw it whatever i'll just start decorating it and she orders like three pieces um well then she starts getting things she never ordered and it's all like identical replicas of like her or things in the house or um like their animals or like different things and so it and there is a twist so i won't get into the whole thing but um you know it is you know it's gothic i guess it's not it's i mean it's room temperature (laughs) for sure um but it's i mean it still has like the vibes it has all the gothic vibes you know Mm -hmm. but i will say the the mini series they did on the on um pbs the bbc mini series i guess that they also showed on pbs um or unless it was a masterpiece i think it was a masterpiece from pbs anyway um that's creepier 
because Ooh, you get okay. to see the dark house. You get to see like they'll have the music when she's opening up the little creepy dolls and stuff. So you don't get that when you're reading it per se. So, um, you know, you don't have the cool lighting. <laughs> so, um, so it that the show reads a little creepier than the book does. Ooh, okay. I might have to check that out. That sounds creepy. This is off topic but yeah i had lauren on the southern gothic episode and she's a miniaturist yes i listened to that episode loved it i yeah i've been following her account and um the people at universal reached out to her to make a replica of the house from nope the <gasps> jordan peele movie so that's on her instagram and it looked so that's good. why she's doing that okay i saw yeah. some of the Instagram pictures because i follow her too yeah um but I didn't know why she was doing that. Um, I missed the, I, I guess, mean, the I, announcement yeah, of why. I saw that later, but I mean, I she just seems like the kind of person that likes to tackle like big projects. So I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, she just saw it and was like, I'm going to make it. But then she said, you know, That's like, what I thought. <laughs> yeah. but then it was like, it seems like they had reached out to her for that. I'm like, very That's cool. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. Wow, good for her. I love that. I love Christine McConnell's like that too, where they kind of just did their Miss Christine McConnell. Yeah. Do do you also have worship for her? Because I'm just sitting here going, she's a goddess. Like everything she does is perfection. Yeah, I love all her YouTube videos, just the vibes. I still rewatch her show on Netflix that only got one season with the puppets, also dolls like the creepy, the yeah. creepy like Jim Henson puppets. Creepy. <laughs> it's just like a baking show i'm like i watch it all the time netflix and you should have renewed that i know i love the contrast of aesthetic with her too yes um, that she's so like, vintagey in 50s and and kind of retro but at the same time like dark and gothy you know it's yeah. so cool i love that's what i love i don't know if you, and this was going to be um but i can i can give you a different one because i had two um because you're chilling obsessions but I this that's also like all of the same things that you're talking about or with Christine McConnell are the same things I love about the artwork from Janet Hill if you know who Janet Hill is um she's a painter uh-huh. and she, she's got an incredible Instagram account as well but I have so many of her prints in my house um because they're very like you know they'll have like pinks and turquoise and stuff but then they'll also be like very creepy mm-hmm. in, a, in a weird kind of you've got to look for it sort of way in her pictures some of them are definitely more gothic like you might have a floating woman in a hallway or something but it'll be a like um a a woman standing in front of a hotel she's about to go into and something's not quite right about this very adorable looking hotel you know but there's something off and you've got to find you know you'll you'll see it when you look at it a little harder and she's just so cool that way i'll have to look at her stuff so I, I, you know, intended to tell you or to do the miniaturist, but I think in my head, I was thinking Silent Companions by Laura Purcell, because I think in my brain, I, I kind of put those two together and they're both historical mm-hmm. and I think even the same time. But for anybody who doesn't know the Silent Companions, Laura Purcell is like a queen of Gothic. She loves Gothic, does Gothic all the time. But this one's actually a little hard to get a hold of right now. Really? I think, I think the, well, the audio book is no longer available on audio, hmm. on Audible. And it used to be. And then I think the book has gone out of print, but only for the U.S. I think all of these things are still available in hmm. the U.K. 
Um, but I picked up my copy before. I'll have to double check and see if it's actually out of print. But I mean, you can find them at half price books or something yeah. as well. But anyway, um, The Silent Companions is where a woman marries into a, a course, <laughs> you know, a creepy house. and um, a, Or actually, no. Back up. A pregnant woman goes to a country estate that's crumbling. Of course, it's all creepy and crumbling, right? Can't Always. have it any other way. Um, <clears throat> and the people that live or that work in the house are terrified of this doll that's in a room. And, you know, when you're pregnant and you're the protagonist in a story where even the staff is terrified of this particular doll, you're like at your most vulnerable. Right. And yeah. the husband is dead. So she's kind of yeah. on her own. And mm-hmm. you know, that's what I thought I was getting into. <clears throat> I think I can like combine that and the miniaturist in my brain. So whenever the miniaturist wasn't that scary, I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) And then I figured it out. (laughs) Gothic, but not scary. So I I haven't read Silent Companions yet, so I can't put it in any particular place. But I would say that typically she's probably fridge. Oh, that's her wheelhouse, right? Yeah. (laughs) All right. My next pick is Magic by William Goldman. Again, you will like that it is a ventriloquist dummy. Oh, and he's Princess Bride. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, you may recognize him because he also wrote Princess Bride. Um, But I will say also like the Princess Bride, I might recommend the adaptation more. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was okay. So I have questions. (laughs) 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 Because we all know these weird things, right? Um, Is this done like a fairy tale no okay tell me tell me about the story so it's very disjointed essentially it's about this man named corky who is a up-and-coming becoming successful like magician and he has a ventriloquist dummy named fats and he gets approached for a pretty big opportunity but he runs away Um, and hides out in a cabin and it's because there's a secret about fats that nobody can find out like he will be ruined um Mm -hmm. and while he's there he he runs into his old like high school crush and like they maybe rekindle things but the way that the story is written it's supposed to be it might be a spoiler to say he's an unreliable narrator but you are dropped in just at different points in his life with no dates no like entry points so i was just like reading chapters and i was like wait he's in high school now was he he wasn't in high school earlier wait like i was just so confused by the way that it was written and i will say the movie is more linear like this is the story we're following and i'm like that's what we should have done (laughs) i think it was done i mean i think it was a purposeful decision by the author to kind of disorient you as the reader and get you into this like headspace but as a narrative it was really tough to follow <laughs> as a reader wow that's good to know i'm gonna make that note <laughs> but yeah the um, the movie stars like a young anthony hopkins as corky oh my gosh yeah. i don't i don't know about this one so you've shown me something new yeah um it's pretty good the doll is creepy looking but yeah i don't want to give too much away it's just that there's a a secret about fats and anything anthony hopkins is going to 
invest time in, you know, is going to be creepy. (laughs) And you know what? The thing that you said about fats, I didn't know about this until you told me, but I did go and look at like the trailer or something on, on YouTube. And yeah, that's enough (laughs) for, for me to get the correct vibes, you know, (laughs) something worth looking at. But I think, um, just even the names are like fats, you know, you just, they're kind of intentionally, um, unsettling. Yeah. You know, well, they both have like weird names. So honestly, I was like reading it, like, wait, which one is the doll? Which one is the, <laughs> the magician? <laughs> I, I think I am going to try the, the movie first though. That mm-hmm. way, if that makes more sense, I'm going to yeah. trust you on that. I'm going to, I'm going to do that first. It's free on Tubi. So that's where I watched it. Okay. All right. I would say that was pretty room temperature fridge. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> crap. I expected more of you, Anthony. Uh, he gives <laughs> he gives a great performance as okay. per usual. But uh, yeah, that was Magic by William Goldman. He was working with what he had, right? Yeah. So I have also on my list Bad Dolls by Rachel Harrison, which you know. We we're all uh, Rachel stands, so <laughs> there isn't going to be anything that she writes that isn't amazing. As of the re- the point of the recording, it's only available on Audible, but it will be available as an ebook mm-hmm. very soon. I just don't have the dates in front of me. But what I loved it it's got to be all the same things you love. Is that it's four different stories that kind of tap into experiences that I think resonate with us as as women, you know, trying to navigate this world. <laughs> um, so the first one, or actually, I'm going to probably think of these out of order, but she has one where it's an eight ball. So that's not necessarily a doll, but it is a creepy toy mm-hmm. um, that she makes creepy. And then she has one that's like a diet app, but I think she uses like some digital gnome that, because I think she's freaked out by gnomes, <laughs> which makes sense. <laughs> Uh, butterflies freak me the fuck out so i have no room to giggle at anyone's like uh i'm afraid to to harm them so them being around me freaks me out because i'm afraid to hurt them so like you're the monster in this scenario you're like yeah no it's like a hyper empathy kind of fear it's not like Um, they're gonna hurt me no it's more like they're so fragile yeah you know that i'm just like oh my god (laughs) you know can stay away from me I can hurt you and I don't want to um so yeah I have no room to judge anybody's uh you know this is what freaks them out kind of thing um but uh bad dolls is the story in there that does deal with a potential spirit inhabited doll I'm trying to frame this without talking too much about like how how it ultimately works out but it has a lot of the the same kind of things that work into the story I'm going to tell you next but what's interesting is that the next story I have is like your typical historical gothic whereas this is very much modern times you know mm-hmm. um but it still has the same feel of all of those kind of old tropey things that we love about dolls as far as like you'll hear the crackling paper in its little box or you'll hear you know um yeah it's scratching like let me out let me out kind of thing and um it's got all of that but what I love is that she's placed this in the middle of like uh trying to work out relationship with family trying to work out um 
you know, what feelings of hers are okay or not okay, that she's worth like guilt, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, it's just a really fascinating story. And, you know, I hope, I hope people, sometimes people are funny about audiobooks, but I really hope that they give it a shot because it really is a compelling story. Yeah. I really liked that collection. Mm-hmm. The one about the bridesmaids and the, the bachelorette party. I was, was going to say, that's my favorite one. That is my favorite one. It was creepy. Yeah. But I think it also just touched on the the idea that I've been mourning my like past high school relationships and that it's like kind of tough to like find those again as an adult. Like you're not around people that often like you don't have a person that you just like talk to every day anymore or like see every day. And like letting that go. And like sometimes you just grow apart. And so, you know, like all her stories, it just like touched a part of my experience. I was like, yeah. I thought she also spoke very honestly about expectations that friends can have yeah. place on each other. That too. And that's like, that's why like, okay, so it's the horror version of Bridesmaids, <laughs> the movie Bridesmaids and yeah. Bridesmaids, like I, I, I had that experience where I had a very close friend where I was the maid of honor and like everything suddenly went wrong, you know, where mm-hmm you know, and other friends that were part of the wedding party, like got really weird and territorial and it just stopped being fun, you know? And I was just like, Oh my God. But I mean, I had lost my job. My car broke down. Like all of these things are happening. Oh, so you were, you, you know? were Kristen Wegg for sure. I was in it. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and so when I read Rachel's story, I was like, Oh, I've this been still there. Speaks. Yeah. This yeah. still speaks to all those <laughs> things. It was, it was, it hit home for me. Yeah. <laughs> so closely. Oh my God. I was cracking up when they're like, it, it's, I've seen it on Pinterest. Everyone's doing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was good times. Cause I was like, Oh, people still use Pinterest. <laughs> I love Pinterest still. I do too. But I feel like sometimes I'm the only one, yeah. even though the people are still posting things to Pinterest, I feel often like I'm the only one still talking about it. And I'm like so relieved when I hear other people say, oh, I still love Pinterest. And I'm like, okay, we're just quiet about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what would you rate it? Fridge? Yeah. I I don't know if I am brave enough to read a freezer book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm ever ready to go there. <laughs> So my last pick is Frozen Charlotte by Alex Bell, and this is a young adult story. And I think we didn't talk about this, but so many doll stories are obviously geared towards children. Like, you know, Betty Run Wright is like the queen of like doll stories. And then I personally, my child's doll entry point was R.L. Stein's Night of the Living Dummy series of books um, within Goosebumps. So... You know, I'm they, sad I missed out on the Goosebumps train. Were you, I was too old by the you, time they started coming out. Were you on the Christopher so Pike age group, though? Because I feel like that's a Gen X thing. I guess, but I went to Catholic school. Mm. So, um, but I did, <coughs> excuse me, um, you know, I was, yeah, no, I think I just missed that that train. I don't think we had Christopher Pike in our, because I also went from Catholic school to like a massively huge public like junior high um but yeah I, I, by going to junior high I probably would have been too old for pike too because that's more like fifth sixth grade isn't it i've only read like a handful of christopher pike books i was like definitely an arl stein girly mm. i'm Goose, jealous goosebumps in fear street um 
So this is a young adult story, and it opens up with a girl who's hanging out with her friend Jay, and they download a Ouija board app. And, you know, he's like, oh, do you want, is there anyone you want to talk to? And she says, you know, I have a cousin who recently died in Scotland. The app says a lot of like weird things. It's like, make sure the gate is closed and you're going to die tonight. And uh, they kind of like brush it off. So Sophie's mom arrives to get her and she's like, you know, Jay, you should come with us. And he's like, I'm just going to ride my bike. And she's like, no, like, what did the app say? She's like, I'm not going to die tonight. But he does die Mm -hmm. that night. Mm, good times so she is like blaming herself a little bit for his death and then she's going to scotland to visit the cousins that she was talking about that recently lost their daughter and their sister um and of course it's like this estate on the moors like (laughs) yeah up secluded and of course it it used to be an old uh schoolhouse that like now is a house they live in of course like you're speaking my language But like when she goes there, all her cousins are like acting so odd and cold towards her. And like her uncle's also like hard to read. And it's just like a weird situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the like younger girl starts like telling stories about how there was these frozen Charlotte dolls, which I guess were a type of doll in the Victorian era in the story where there was like a, a rhyme or a saying about this this girl named Charlotte who was on her way to the ball, but she didn't have a coat. So she froze to death. And there's like a line of dolls that are just like have died of hypothermia and they just have like blue lips. They're like corpse dolls. What the hell is that? But they're like pretty and you can have dresses for them, but they're frozen Charlotte dolls. I want one. (laughs) I don't know if they're real. No, but I want one. I'm like somebody, somebody make these. Uh, but this one was like this one was significantly creepier i think this is my favorite one of the ones i read for the episode there's just like all these things and um like one of the schoolgirls was blaming stuff on the dolls and was later found with like needles in her eyes like pushed in Mm. like it goes there and i was like okay and then you know there's like a psychological element of like everyone's weird and i don't know who i can trust and who is telling me the truth and what is going on here yeah and i was very pleasantly surprised by this one i like highly recommend it yeah that went darker than i thought you yeah. thought it was gonna go Ooh. yeah well yeah, i know at first i was like okay and then i was like oh, okay okay <laughs> <laughs> So I would say that's at least, that's definitely fridge, not quite freezer, but it's definitely like fridge for me. That's Frozen, who wrote Frozen Charlotte? Alex Bell. Yes, that is Frozen Charlotte by Alex Bell. And it seems like there's another one. Ooh, Frozen Charlotte. And then there's a sequel called Charlotte Says. I, you know what? I'm going to start looking that up. And I'm hoping that because there's always people on Etsy. I'm like, did somebody on Etsy make a frozen Charlotte doll? That would make me so happy. I want the little clothes to dress it up, though. <laughs> a little bit. I'm so mad. I also missed out on not just Goosebumps, but I missed out on on Monster High. I would have loved that as a kid. Oh, me too. I guess it's never too late. Let's reclaim it. My final pick is. Um, Dolly by Susan Hill and Susan Hill is the same person who she you've seen her stuff before um, because she writes a lot of novellas that kind of 
get sold as individual books or maybe two books together. Mm-hmm. Um, and also uh, Woman in Black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I know that's, her from. That's the right one, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so all of the vibes, all of the feels that you get, like if you read or saw Woman in Black, it's the same for this particular story, Dolly. But, um, and there there's some reflective narrative going on where he kind of looks back also at his youth, the main character, but he does buy this doll. And just like what I was saying with Rachel Harrison's, you get the scratching on the box or you get the, you know, the calling out and and all of this stuff. But it is one of those that has all of the English country manor vibes. Um, Lots of guilt and sadness on the past as we do some reflecting, Um, you know, kind of one of those, he found this in a shop, uh, that had like a lot of international dolls. Um, but it was just sort of one of those kind of throwaway things and he saw it and I'm like, "Mm, you don't have to buy these things. You can just let those go. But then we wouldn't have a story, right? (laughs) Um, it's been a long time since I've read that one, but I do remember, and actually I listened to it on audio, but I have the book too, but I do remember, I mean, it's just a really quick, if you guys want a really quick, creepy time, like that's definitely a way to go. And that's one of the things I loved about Rachel's too. I mean, you, you can go through her collection in like three or four hours, Mm -hmm, like three hours, something like that. Um, So I'm having a massive attention span problem with my books right now. Um, to where I get angry if they if they go too long and, and not even too long for what a narrative should be just for my attention span um and so I if anybody else is struggling with that I know Wendy Dalrymple was also saying the same thing I think around the holidays it's just kind of tough to focus that's a that's a fun snowy creepy doll I don't know I've seen a few people like Neil from Talking Scared and other people post that they're yeah. attacking some tomes this holiday season and I said good for you um, you're alone there though <laughs> so not attacking domes nothing (laughs) we have kids though like we're lucky if we get that you know that time to read so you kind of have to force it you know when the kids are home from break too like all next week I don't know when you're going to release this but this is being recorded like like as we're going into Thanksgiving break and my kids off the whole week and so uh you know you just don't have as much time for domes yeah no I mean, well, I have a th- a almost three-year-old who's just always home, but my son has a virtual day that Wednesday, and then he has the long So you're, week. you're getting ready. Because yeah. then you're trying to get ready for the holiday, like, when you've got kids home. Yeah. Yeah. So and we're no tones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're cooking? Yeah. I mean, mostly my husband. I my am husband's too. a big, a big cook. He's doing the yeah, turkey and the... I'm doing a lot of the side dishes and I'm making like one pie. <laughs> I'm, I love to cook Thanksgiving. I, so I do the, the cooking for Thanksgiving at my house. Um, but my mom gives me a break at Christmas and takes care of it. And, so we go visit them at Christmas. That's nice. um, yeah. But that was my last, you know, specific story I was going to talk about. But yeah, I mean, I think with like things like with, Pinocchio and we just kind of it's always part of our subconscious but until you stop to think about it you're like oh yeah there's creepy dolls and there's creepy dolls and then they start rolling in in your mind yeah they're everywhere what would you rate I would say 
I'd say fridge. I think people are freaked out by dolls. There's not a lot of work you even have to do when you write a creepy doll story. Um, but they, but she does the work. I mean, you know, she's Susan Hill. So I'd say fridge. The vibes are there. The vibes are there. I'd say room to fridge. She's between. This episode is brought to you by Libro FM. Libro FM is the first and only company which lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. You can pick from more than 150,000 audiobooks, including bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers. You'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name. But you'll be part of a different story, one that supports community. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. Listen during your commute, while doing chores, walking the dog, or just relaxing at home. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro FM app. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists from people who know audiobooks best. Booksellers. I mean, and us. We also have a playlist on there full of books that have been recommended on this podcast. Books in the Freezer special offer, you get two audiobooks for the price of one, just $14.99, with your first month of membership using code FREEZERBOOK. This offer is valid for new members in Canada and the United States. Thank you, Libro FM, for supporting the show. All right, well, let's get to some chilling obsessions. So what have <gasps> you been enjoying in horror lately? Well, I know I told you about the art of Janet Hill. I am always looking, like always looking for her. Like I'll log into Instagram just to look at her, um, her like whatever she's posted. But the other one I do this for, and I think you'll appreciate this, is Anna Marie Tender Tendler. Do you know who she is? I know. And so I, I know, I know. I'm I'm Team Anna, so in the John Mulaney Anna breakup really tough because I was a huge John Mulaney fan. Same. Same. And it's really... I made several people watch his stand-up show when I was like, this is one of the best ones I've ever seen. Like, it was... They're good, though. I mean, they're good, but I'm just saying it. That one really broke my heart. It did. And I think people are like, why are you so upset? And I'm like, well, his whole bit was about like he would have he would talk about her so much like with love you know and not wanting kids and then he leaves her and has a kid immediately um so it's just that wouldn't yeah that was that was harsh but in the reason why she's my chilling obsession is because the art that she produced that came out of it because she is an artist Mm -hmm. was so extraordinary um and just so so I had okay let me go back I have an art history degree so I'm thinking in terms of like where she falls in like the timeline of everything because mm-hmm. it was so good like I can see her you know walking right up and taking her place in the art world because the work that came out of it was very gothic and dark and beautiful yes. yeah it was gorgeous at the same time you know that it's painful like it but it's it's just gothic and and all of the things that I love but I feel like it it looked like a story I would be interested in reading because it's also a journey you know she's on an on like so that was part of a series the post John Mulaney thing was part of a series called rooms in the first house which Mm -hmm. were all the the house they bought together that he never moved into um and I don't know that detail 
I knew because he talked oh. about them buying the house. That was in his stand of specials, like them talking to the realtor and buying this house. Well, he never lived there. Yeah. Oof. And so I know. And so but it's beautiful as far as like it's got all the wallpaper. So it has a, a very, um, you know, we have always lived in the castle kind of vibe as well. Um, but also she's on a new path now. I mean, she still has she's. Anne Marie Tendler. So she's got her gothic vibes still, but you can see like she's on a new part of her journey. It's just really beautiful. She's my she's my chilling obsession because it was really a, a, just a wonderful voice in the mm -hmm. art world, you know. Did you also love her lamps that she used to make? Victorian. I don't know about the lamps. Oh yeah, I um I mean I'd been following her for a while, but that was like a craft she would make. She would make those like Victorian style lamps with the fringe at the bottom and it was just something she would oh, yes yeah i think they've been in her work yeah. so i've seen them yeah yeah i didn't i don't know i don't remember like her making them or anything as far as like in a christine mcconnell kind of way like did she do that like here's me making the lamps okay she would I have stories every once in a while yeah okay no i only i i found her when the breakup happened and she posted this really beautiful image of herself and I was like oh and then I went and looked at her page and it was like full of this gorgeous art that's kind of dark and beautiful at the same time was it the one so. at the dining room table or the one on the stairs or which one was it oh, that got you the the one the the first one I saw looked like she was so she was sitting in a bedroom with the two twin beds on the side of her and she's got the dark scarf around her yeah, eyes okay and she's in the black dress that's flowing and she's holding the baby, like Petunia, instead of a baby. So, yeah. Yeah, she's so talented. Like, just her. Yeah. The dining room one was tough. And I know the stairs one you're talking about. That yeah. was pretty rough, too. She did this gorgeous one also of her. And I can't remember if that, uh, why the one I told you was the first or this other one was the first. Or maybe it was the same day or whatever. Where it's almost like an Anne Boleyn portrait. But I was going to say that, team. yeah. She has the. That might have been the first one. Mm -hmm. um, but it's like you see the single tear like coming down her face. It's just so, yeah. So, um, I, I just, I don't know. I, I'd love people to support her and buy her work. and. Mm -hmm. It seems like she's doing well. I think she had a big showing. She did that tour also. Yeah. And she went through Dallas and I really wanted to make it and I couldn't, you know, I mean, I can't just pop up to Dallas. Dallas is a few hours away. Yeah, I'm in Texas, but it's still a while, you know. Um, this is like a random side note for our upcoming talk, but I used to listen to the Gilmore Guys podcast when it was oh. on. And she was a guest on one of the episodes, but that was before oh everything went down. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do see Timothy Chamelay now through her eyes as far as like, as I know he did a bit where she talked about where he talked about how much she loved him. And I just giggle now when I watch like the new little women, because I'm like, she's all into him. You know? <laughs> so I think it's cute. Yeah. All right, moving on to our second tradition on the show that it sounds like you are <gasps> very ready for. So tell me. Okay. What is I am ready. <laughs> I have been ready since the first episode I listened to, you know, long before I rebooted my, my podcast. So I'm excited. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. It is so Gen X. I can't even, I can't even do anything about it. it um, before I say mine, I do love that Grady Hendrix picked um, that sh hazy shade of winter. I'm like, oh, 
he's in my time zone. <laughs> he's in my timeline. Um, cause that, that's a pretty good one. But, um, PJ Harvey, cause of course I have to pick a PJ Harvey song. Um, meet Z monster, Z E. So, but it's like meet the monster, but anyway, meet Z monster by PJ Harvey. It's a badass well, song. Nice. I think Paul Tremblay also did PJ Harvey. <gasps> did he? I have to listen. He what did he pick? Me Jane. She's just a perfect final girl soundtrack person. I mean, she really is. She's such a badass. I just love her so much. And her lyrics are amazing and dark and creepy, too. This is why I love her. <laughs> but Meet Sea Monster, you can hear, like, you can hear it either, like, in final scenes where someone's, like, taking care of business, like, where, you know, a final girl's taking care of business, or in the rolling credits. Either way, it's just perfect. So. I'm excited to add it to the list. Yay. I can't, I'm glad I made a PJ contribution <laughs> to the list. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh my gosh. It was so much fun. And I cannot wait for our crossover that we're going to do here in a moment. And what an absolute treat it was. I love supporting women in horror and women in publishing. So Thank you for having me on and being so supportive of me too. Well, thank you. And where can people find you online? Um, SheWoreBlackPodcast.com has links to my Instagram and Twitter and Facebook if you want one place to find all those links. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm on there basically as either SheWoreBlackPod or SheWoreBlackPodcast. Um, I think Instagram it's you know if you like if you like your horror very pretty that's where you come you come to me <laughs> well you had a great interview with rachel harrison that i think her listeners oh. would appreciate so i listened to yours too and i really loved you know i said in my episode and and i was laughing but i sort i wasn't kidding you know and i made that clear also where i'm like i feel territorial about it like women you saw things too that I saw that I wasn't hearing in any of the male led discourse. And I'm like, there are things you guys are missing. And so that's why it's so important to have our voices out there um, talking about the books too. So I really appreciated your interview with her. Thank you. Yeah. Books in the Freezer is a bi-weekly podcast. We post episodes every other Tuesday. You can find us on Instagram at Books in the Freezer, on Twitter at Books Freezer Pod, on TikTok at Books in the Freezer, and you can send us an email at booksinthefreezer at gmail.com. This is an independent one-person podcast, so if you would like to show your support, there are a few ways to do that. Um, the easiest one would be to leave a review on a site like Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Uh, I think you just need a few words on Apple Podcasts and then Spotify. I think you can just leave a star rating. So it really only takes a few seconds. Another way to support the podcast is to shop using the affiliate links listed in the show notes for sites like Libro FM and Fangoria. And I mean, with the holidays coming up, they also make really good presents, like getting someone a year-long subscription or getting them some audiobook credit bundles from Libro FM. And when you do that, you also get to support a local independent bookstore. So it's really a win-win situation. And you can also become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash books in the freezer. There are 
three tiers of support. There's a one, three and a $5 level. You can also do like an option for yearly support. There are different, you know, perks that you get at each level. So if that sounds interesting to you, head on over there and check that out. I'm Stephanie. You can find me on Twitter at lady underscore Ganya. That's L-A-D-Y underscore G-A-G-N-O-N or on Instagram at that's what she read. So see you next time on Books in the Freezer. Thank you.